The University of Kentucky Federal Credit Union encourages everyone to promote positivity and random acts of kindness in the community with their Take Care campaign. Follow along on social media using hashtag Take Care or visit UKFCU.org slash Take Care to learn more. UK Federal Credit Union believes everyone has something positive to share. So join us in offering kind words and positivity with hashtag Take Care. Stop by a UK Federal Credit Union branch to grab a mask or button and show off your positive vibes. Masks and buttons are first come, first served and available for limited to time only. Federally insured by NCUA. Listening to the KSR Football Podcast. Welcome into the KSR Football Podcast, presented by UK Federal Credit Union. I am Dale Saltwater with Drew Franklin and Freddie Maggard, and I'm already out of breath because whew, today is the the first Monday after that holiday, like two weeks. And Drew, I finally had to like just stop watching football nonstop and get off the couch it's kind of sad right i mean i think that might be the most football i've watched consecutively in my life going back to new year's eve uh set through every game i could get set through every game saturday every nfl game i put in quite a football shift too and it's it's kind of weird going back to normal life today we just if if we had that game between arkansas and tcu freddie i think i would have gone four straight days of just nonstop football with like one yeah. two hour window where I watched the Kentucky basketball team win a basketball game, which was exciting, but it was well, just nonstop football. Well, I mean, we had to put up and watch that craziness that was Mississippi state and Tulsa and then greatness in between sandwiched. And then we ended with another garbage act last night from the Philadelphia Eagles. Who, who <laughs> oh, God. So, I mean, <laughs> if Mississippi State was an NFL team, it would be the Philadelphia Eagles. Other than that, it was a great football weekend for me. I enjoyed it. Some good games. Uh, obviously, the Gator Bowl was my was the highlight, and I really enjoyed that. Before we get into the Gator Bowl, Drew, I just want to know – what was going through your body when you saw Sam Sloman hit the upright? First of all, we need to talk a, a little bit about how life can go full circle because in week one of the NFL season, Sam Sloman starting for the Los Angeles Rams over Austin McGinnis. Uh, I said awful things about him out loud quite often. Uh, he double doinked a field goal that echoed 
against the Cowboys. We Ooh, laughed about it. We it was so it. loud. So loud. I, I was screaming, I hope you get fired right now at my TV. So Austin McGinnis could get a spot. Then the Rams sign him or cut him a few weeks later because he's terrible. And somehow I look up and he's on my Tennessee Titans in a kind of must-win game. And then he, as I said, life goes full circle. I laughed at his first doink in week one. And in week 17, his doink uh, gives – Tennessee, their first AFC South championship in a long time. Congratulations, Drew. I was thinking about you uh, watching that game. That's good stuff. And that was it. Shouldn't have come down to the end. I started taking a nap when they were up 16. And next thing you know, I'm I'm pacing. (laughs) Made for an exciting Sunday night. Well, and and that was a big win for their playoff hopes, too. Because if you lose that, you go from going to Buffalo to hosting the Ravens, which Titans are kind of in the Ravens' head. So that was huge. Uh, and Derrick Henry still got over the 2K club. Like, <laughs> what a badass. Yeah, he needed 233 yards to get 2K. I, I think all of us going into the game were like, well, that's wishful thinking, but it would be cool. <laughs> and then at halftime, we're all doing math. Like, can he pull this off? It's, uh, his birthday, by the way. Happy birthday, Derrick Henry. I know you're a big fan of the program. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Charles Walker's a big fan of the program, but he uh, had to – missed today he couldn't get connected because his flight to the rocky mountains to go skiing was a little delayed so he couldn't be set up uh in wi-fi and he's he's got to go skiing this week it sounds real tough to be the guy from cbi but uh, we will carry on without him uh because we've got to talk about a game that happened in the tropical paradise of jacksonville that's right kentucky beat nc state in the gator bowl and Freddie, I think what makes this game satisfying and what I'm probably going to remember it for years down the road is that Kentucky just played bully ball. I mean, they bullied the hell out of a top 25 team to go get a victory in the Gator Bowl. Yeah, they did. I mean, I mean, Kentucky, if, if Kentucky and North Carolina State play 10 times, Kentucky wins nine. That's how much of a better football team that I think Kentucky is than North Carolina State. I do think missing McNeil and Wilson, the, the nose tackle and the linebacker, hurt NC State because Kentucky gashed them pretty good with 281 rush yards. Uh, but, but again, if they, if they play 10 times, uh, Kentucky wins nine. I thought Kentucky had better players. I thought uh, it was just the Cats were just that much of a better team than North Carolina State. Uh, I thought Vince Merrill did a great job. Now, we talked about the 3-3-5. You know, you're going to have no no game plays. You're going to have negative game plays, especially in the run run game. And uh, when runs pop, they pop against that defense because nobody's home once you make it past the first level. Vince Merrill kept going back to A.J. Rose, back to Chris Rodriguez later in the game. Uh, but I thought the Kentucky offensive line just uh, did a tremendous job on the line of scrimmage. Other side of the ball, Kentucky defensive line on the line of scrimmage as well. Jamin Davis, 13 tackles and interception, proves why he should have been all SEC. Uh, and then the story of the game, in my opinion, uh, is on the ground. 281 rush yards for Kentucky. Southern Carolina State only had 77, so that rush defense was very good. And like we've talked, we talked about the weeks leading up to the Gator Bowl, I thought that turnovers would influence the final score, and it did. Kentucky with three interceptions, now with 16 of the year, first in the SEC and third in the country. I couldn't get over why – like, I was very happy they, they didn't do that because he was the only – positive source of NC State offense and that's they 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 weren't playing Bam Knight 
I don't. Yeah, you know, yeah, twelve carries, fifty-two yards. Uh, he only averaged four and a half, four point three yards per carry. What Kentucky did excellent in that game, and what it's done the entire year. Uh, I think Kentucky's in the top three in the SEC as far as allowed long scrimmage plays. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I got a post coming up on KentuckySportsRadio.com just about that defense and, and how good it was. But Knight, uh, long, Knight's longest run of the day was 13 yards. Yeah. The second longest run that NC State had was 10 yards. So, I mean, it was really good plan by Kentucky to stop that North Carolina State running game. And I thought North Carolina State had a good plan to stop Chris Rodriguez, and it did so. Rodriguez averaged two yards less than his season total, uh, which is good for them. However, he, he broke one and just kept pounding the football. But there, the run fits of the linebackers, North Carolina State, was fast. It was rapid. They tried to get Rodriguez before he got going. I thought their game plan against Kentucky was good as well. Wasn't good enough, though. No, wasn't good enough. Right. <laughs> Which, by the way, we need to address something, Drew, with Freddie. First off, Freddie's been churning out posts at an incredible rate, and I'm very proud. And I think what makes me more proud is that Freddie's really, really stepped up the sass in his writing, and I just I love every second of it. It's my New Year's resolution. I'm trying. I'm tired of be trying to be nice for everybody and. And be something that I'm not. If something's on my mind. I'm gonna freaking say it. You know what I mean? I mean, this is. I've been through too like much it. this year to 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 sit back and take crap anymore, and and I'm not going to. So listen, this is me. This is who I am. If you don't like it, don't read it. But I'm gonna keep it going. The the old Freddie got left back in 2020. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, that that yeah that that was me back then. This this is the new me, and I'll be honest with you, I, I'm. I'm I'm getting outside takes and normally I, I didn't do that because, you know, getting others opinion that influenced mine on football is like set, letting somebody drive your brand new Camaro. You know, it's kind of scary. Don't trust anybody. You think you got it right at your brand new car. That's your shiny toy. But I'm, I'm, I'm talking to folks that, that really give me good insight and a different set of eyes on some things. And that's really helped, uh, you know, in, in what I'm doing now and, it's been it's been a blessing for me just to hear other people's take and see how non-media looks at this and it's really fascinating to sit back and just think about it man i just i, I love the new freddie i love the set especially uh in this post that's coming up tonight detailing just kentucky's defensive success because we've got draft decisions happening there was a big one that happened today darian Kennard. Uh, announced that he's coming back for another season. So you're getting a, a, an All-American back uh, on your offensive line in addition to, to Luke Fortner to where, I mean, you thought you might be replacing as many as four guys on the offensive line, and now, you know, could be just two. So, uh, you know, huge, huge news. Um, but a, a, a lot of these, when you look around at, like, roster makeups, the the teams that were real great, Freddie, they got a bunch of dudes going to the NFL right away. This yeah. this UK defensive roster, I mean, they're gonna lose Eccles, they're gonna lose Bohanna and Boogie. Yeah, and possibly Phil. Maybe Boss Man Fat. You know, there's there's been a lot of whispers that Bohanna might run it back, but nevertheless, you're well, still well, getting Boss Man Fat still on the team. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like oh, returning okay. production from this year. Oh okay. uh, yeah, that you're that you're losing, but like Yusuf Corker and Jamin Davis, 
Dudes. Absolute dudes, man. Yeah. Man, there was uh, Corker had a couple hits. There was one in particular, oh, Freddie, that I thought yeah. I was like, God, they better not tag him for targeting because he knocked the crap out of somebody. Man, he came up and smoked a few North Carolina State running backs. I mean, again, how, how is he not all SEC? I don't understand that. You know, maybe uh, uh, my view is, is, is too shaded, and it could be, but 70 tackles, second on the team. Uh, a couple interceptions, just unbelievable uh, what Corker's done. And, and, you know, I think Jamin Davis, Yusuf Corker, pros. Quinn Bohanna's a pro. I think Boogie will make it. I think Boogie's a pro. But what Kentucky's defense has done with no first-round picks, no surefire first-round picks. And you look around the league, and, and what's Kentucky, fourth in total defense? You look mm-hmm. at one, two, and three, and how many first-round picks are on those defenses? Brad White deserves a ton of a ton of credit because his defense, if you think about it, guys, are a bunch of role players that do their job. That's all they do is do their job, and they do it well. Sometimes it's not flashy. What, 15, 14 quarterback sacks, mm-hmm. 11th in the SEC. Got a few uh, uh, last it, Saturday, though. Yeah, yeah, but, but it's not flashy. And, mm-hmm. and the fact that Kentucky got 16 interceptions – one more interception than quarterback sack. Think about that for a minute. That statistic should blow your mind. It does me when you have one more interception than quarterback sacks and lead the Southeastern Conference. I think those that those two numbers define Brad Watts' defense. Selfless, role-playing, aggressive, smart uh, football players that just do their daggone job. And that's uh, second straight year, top pass defense in the SEC. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and that was playing uh, Alabama in in Florida. They, they, the, they had the top some... two Heisman contending quarterbacks. Now neither one of them are going to win it now because Devontae Smith. But the two QB favorites for the Heisman, Kentucky played in their stadiums and still ranked where they did in, in past events. Not too Kentucky, shabby. Kentucky faced the top three Heisman can, uh, finalists with Devontae Smith, the receiver. And the two quarterbacks. And then if you think about I it more. Najee Harris, too. Is probably Najee Harris is in there, too. <laughs> but if you think about it more, Drew, Kentucky faced the four top passing quarterbacks in the conference and finished the season allowing 224 yards per game. That is absolutely – and 16 interceptions. Well, Stephen Klinkdale, Frank Buffano, Mark Stoops, and certainly Brad White deserve a lot of credit for what they did with that defense. And going into that this, this Gator Bowl – uh, NC State was – that was kind of their MO. They, they'd run you down with a pass and set it up with a big play. And they really they, they really didn't pass the ball very effectively at all. Now, Hawkman, that dude, doesn't have much of an arm per se, but they had a couple passes of 20 yards in one yarder. They basically gave up one big play. And – that was whenever things were kind of, you know, it was the classic let's score with a minute to go and, and backdoor yeah. cover kind of deal. Like Kentucky's defense <clears throat> did not give up much. And whenever Hockman, if he wasn't on point, they had guys ready there to make him pay. And uh, you saw Brandon Eccles get his first career interception. Uh, you mentioned Davis and then Corker had one as well. But yeah, Corker had the third, right? Yeah. I mean, it just great play by Kentucky's defense to where they completely – dominated that first half and the only thing i was left um you you were just left wanting a little bit more before halftime drew because that penalty took away a touchdown uh and and instead of up 17 nothing you're up 13 nothing you feel like you left some points on the board and 
it's kind of been the, the you know of all the knocks on Kentucky's offense they could have got past a lot of the 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 negatives if they just finished off some scoring opportunities better this year and when they're on defense i think most of nc state's big plays were uk penalties after the, after the whistle nc state didn't do much on its own it had a lot of help in that comeback effort so really I'm shocked the score is what it was and that we even had to sweat it out a little bit because at least mostly to that first half, Kentucky was just the more dominant team. There's a lot of self-inflicted wounds that kept NC State around and they took advantage of it. All right, we got to talk about these penalties though. Like, I mean, I, I, I like that Mark Stoops said, you know, we're not used to these referees and that's not like an excuse. That's a, hey, in the SEC, we're used to playing a certain way and talking a certain amount of trash. And I don't think anything was more evident than when they had, uh, I think it was right after, it was right after a long touchdown, I think. No, what, everyone, either way, it was right after Kentucky scored. And the kick on the ensuing kickoff, Jared Casey, just like on his disengage, is a little rough, and the NC State got flopped. So they throw a flag and then they flag Brett Slusher for just like talking to a GA on the sideline. It was like, what? And they get 30 yards and penalties. And then one pass later, they're on the five yard. It's like, what are you doing refs? They, they were calling, they were, the guy was going on his microphone for injury timeouts when like guys are just slowly getting up. It's like, what are you yeah. doing? I, they, the, I, the officials love the sound of their own voice, Freddie. I think, honestly, and I don't know this for a fact, but after that ugly scene with Tulsa, Mississippi State, referee crews across the country got a phone call, email, text, whatever, saying, listen, do not let these games get out of hand. Even if you have to be heavy-handed with your unsportsmanlike conduct, we do not need, nor can we afford another scene like the Mississippi State cowards that were stomping on people that were laying on the ground. Cannot have that again. So I think that had something to do with it. The one Which, that baffled me well was Luke Fortner's. <laughs> Unfortunately, I mean, what, I, I don't, I don't get that one. But hey, it is what it is. And, and but I, I didn't understand that one either. I just thought too that like, like I, I agree with you, Freddie. I know I'm almost certain that played a part of it. But like, the more flags you call, it didn't settle anybody down. It just made it more frustrating. No. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. It had the opposite effect. So yeah, I, I was really worried. I mean, I was, I was really, really worried that it was going to get uglier than it did and i was hoping not especially since i talked all that crap about tussle mississippi state i was all here here we go i've said too much and, and karma's <laughs> gonna bite me in in the, in my six point of contact but yeah uh yeah i'm glad well, it didn't their, get uglier to their credit i'm i was like everyone else i think we we're worried about postseason or post game antics and both sides shook hands and went about their way i mean it was messy throughout and i agree with stoops the refs they could have let some go, but on that same point, you have to adjust and know you can't get away with as much too because it's just going to keep hurting your team. I wish they would have adapted a little better. Some definitely yeah. weren't excusable. Yeah. But overall, I mean, at the end of the day, they shook hands and went on, and we avoided that scare. But I'm like you, Freddie. I was thinking it might get ugly once the yeah. once the game ended. Yeah, that, 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 that was my worry, Drew, and I think that's a great point that you made. You know, it's like a basketball game. If, if you're allowing hand-checking, then you allow it. But if you're calling fouls, then you need to stop hand-checking. So, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Stoops about lost it at the end of the game when they called 17,000 unsportsmanlike penalties 
Dude takes a knee after catching the onside kick. They hit him, and then they don't get an onside. Yeah. It's like, what are you guys doing? Like, I get that you're yeah. just trying to get out of here, but come on. Um, I, you know, I, the, you know, the receiver position, the group has taken a lot of heat this year and uh, was not all on them. I mean, I don't think that the passing game was set up for success for a variety of uh, reasons. Josh Ali coming back is humongous. I mean, that, that's tremendous. Mm-hmm. But there, I want to point out uh, Alan Daly. Uh, regardless, passing, and you know, passes that were errant to heading his, heading his way with the touchdown when it was called back, that young man battles. I mean, he blocks. He does everything he has for him, plays special teams. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people saying, well, let's just wipe it clean and bring in all the new guys. I hope Alan Daly comes back and I hope that he flourishes under this new system because I really like that kid and I like what he stands for. And I like the way he plays the game of football. Much respect. I think Alan Daly is a throwback player. He's an old school guy. He's physical as hell too, which <laughs> yeah, he is. Which fits the the MO of this team. And that's that 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 was the kind of MO of this this year. And I, I think you know, getting at uh, like looking big picture, the COVID year is kind of like this was a season where from afar we were like, well, it's going to be crazy. We really got to give them a pass considering all the circumstances. Then you add on one awful circumstance after another. I mean, uh, the. Pardon my French, but their shit stacked two feet high, and it was just. T- and for whatever reason, they, they they somehow kept the balancing act together. They it never fell over, and you ended the season with with two wins. You beat a top twenty five team. You now have a three year win streak against non conference foes. And I mean, even with the passing game being pretty like incredibly ineffective, where you get some good throws out of Terry Wilson every once in a while, but then you just, you miss Justin rig wide open the flat. That would get you eight, nine yards. It, it wasn't always there. You couldn't rely on it, but you could rely on just bullying the crap out of other teams. And in previous years, the wheels have fallen off for much less. Like as much as we love those rich Brooks teams drew, like they, they were seven and five teams. You know, like you didn't have, you had huge wins, but as Freddie talked about going to the NC State game, you're kind of, you should beat the teams that you should beat. And if this is the four for Kentucky football is winning the Gator Bowl, which that's what this feels like. It feels like that's the four now. Stoops has raised the four up to winning the Gator Bowl. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, and I was surprised at just, you know, all these returns we're hearing not even a day after winning the Gator Bowl when in that year with that, that tough schedule when, you know, the record wasn't what a lot of fans might have expected. There were people speculating Stoops was losing the locker room and there's tor- turmoil. We're learning right now these guys were just tired and they're <laughs> they're still bought in. I mean, we saw how happy they were before the Gator Bowl. They win it. And it's not, you know, I need a month to think about this or I need a week. It's nope, we're back. Can't wait for next year. Not even hesitating. And it's just shows how how good of a job Stoops has done. It's getting all those guys bought in, even when it was ugly in the COVID year. Uh, they're still excited to be a part of that program. And not to throw basketball under the bus, but you see the basketball program where guys are, for, can, as soon as they get a foot they can put out the door, they're trying to find what's next. There's guys that had opportunities to go do other things. 
to come back and play another ball. I think that's pretty exciting. I couldn't more than I would add the to text after the game. I'm not just a series of teams. I think uh, that's a big difference, and I don't want to get into the basketball football thing, but a series of teams is different than a program, and it takes it takes time to build a program. And I think Mark Stoops has done that. You're talking about all these players coming back. Uh, you know, I've had some people ask me, well, what's wrong with Darian Kennard? Why did he come back? There's nothing wrong with Darian Kennard. A second-day pick means second and third round. <laughs> That's still a multimillionaire, uh, just like Josh Allen. He came back. So, uh, you know, all these guys, Luke Fortner, with, you know, working on his – have has already completed or working on a master's degree in engineering and, and, and is going to get a legitimate shot at the NFL. And if that doesn't work out, then he's going to have people fighting over him because of his engineering abilities coming back. You know, there's guys coming back that didn't have to. Uh, and that's what is, you know, Quandre Mosley. You know, we've talked about other guys, but Quandre Mosley is a 6'2", 6'3", safety nickel that played corner in the bowl game and played it well. I think that's the preferred height and length that, that Clint Scale likes. I think Quandre Mosley is starting cornerback going into 2021. That's a huge gift for Kentucky. Signing day is great, but we're talking about potential. Kentucky brought back, or you can say they signed, several players that have excelled in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, the story of the year, I mean, other than, you know, the adversity Kentucky went through and, and everything like that, but the story of 2021 is not the, the new players that's coming in on signing day. It's the, it's the veterans that are coming back to play with those new players. And I think that's critical. Having Luke Fortner – what? <laughs> we just got interrupted by the guy from CBI. Hey, Charles, shut up. I'm on a roll. Having Luke <laughs> Fortner and Darren Kennard come back can only help in the development of Jagger Burton, correct? Correct. Having Justin Rigg come back and having that tight end crew that's the best position group on the team with Rigg, with Upshaw, Brendan Bates, and you bring in Jordan Dingle. Having Bates, Upshaw, and Rigg will help the development of young Jordan Dingle, who will play as a true freshman. So, Yes, the, the immediate, immediate thought is we got a lot of guys back that are going to be really good next year. But, but the second tertiary effect of that is we got some guys that are locker room guys. Josh Pascal, what do you think he's going to do for those young guys? Uh, Luke Fortner, Darren Kennard, I mean, we can go on and on. So I think Kentucky got a whole heck of a lot better in 2021 in the last couple of days. Charles, are you, are you there? Or where, where are you? The eagle has landed. The eagle has landed. Can you all hear me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We just heard you. I see you like surrounded by snow and is it skiers? It's a little, little bit different than the Kroger Field uh, Nutter facility, isn't it? Uh, only slightly. Only slightly. I have a feeling they aren't talking too much Gator Bowl uh, in uh, wherever in the hell you are. Is that Utah? Boys gets in. I've yet to see a Kentucky fan today. However, I do have my 88 bag with me. So I'm representing <laughs> Gator Bowl champions. Uh, just to talk a little bit about what Freddie's saying, one thing that struck with me there is definitely the, the locker room and having those mature players 
comeback for these freshmen, the true freshmen or the freshmen that were there that didn't play this year. But I guess they're still true freshmen next year. I don't know, but I couldn't hit on that more. Having a solid locker room for young talent is what makes the great programs great. And we have a hell of a lot of talent. A lot of it's coming back. We're going to have new talent. Definitely excited for what the future holds for the Kentucky football team. I've got a question for you, Charles. This is very random. Um, would you rather take a hit from Yusuf Corker or from Vito Tisdale? Nick, I give out hits. I don't take them. All right. First <laughs> off, let's get that stated now. But to answer your question, man, let's ask Brandon Eccles how that one felt. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Poor Eccles. Um, My God, he got his belt. I mean, I saw it. I saw it live. Yeah, Vito. He doesn't look like he's much, as in you know, size wise. But man, he's got to be one of the top five hardest hitters on the team. Um, I'm gonna say I'd rather take one from Vito solely because. I play with Yusuf, and he has the scariest arms of any safety I've ever seen in college football. So, I'll I'll take the hit from Vito. I mean, it it really is crazy though, Drew. That every time Vito hits somebody, he's just trying to rip their heads off. Like there's no, there's no just like we're gonna rat like a little like uh, we'll just get into the ground. No, he's coming to rip your head off. Yeah, but he's almost just. I feel like it's a mistake waiting to Well, we kind of saw that Saturday when he hit his own guy, but he's like just lowered his head and launching. It's it's fun as the fan when it connects, but every time I'm worried he's just going to whiff and make a huge mistake or target or something. But it is he is uh, bringing the hits every time he's out there. There's no arm tackling in Vito's mind whatsoever. He has to, to put the biggest boom he can every opportunity he can. Before Vito knocked him out, though, of the game, uh, which I, I think I, I think Eccles is doing okay. Uh, he did have one of the funnier moments I've seen on a football field in a long time, and that was after he got just the blatant late shove by the NC State wide receiver. He went full dead fish on the ground. I mean, it looked like the soccer celebration on like FIFA, where you just go completely limp and fall on the ground. I mean, he was done. And I don't know who it was. If it was Isaiah Gibson or uh, ninety three, which one's ninety three? Uh, That's Gibson, I believe. I don't. I don't. Uh, know. Gibson's ninety six. I thought right. That's Mahone. You're talking about Clay Mahone. Mahone, yeah. Mahone gave him CPR on the ground. <laughs> All right, and, and and that was really funny. It was great. I, I loved it. But then two quarters later, he does get nailed and taken out of the game. So. <laughs> Is that karma? I know it wasn't the other team's player. It was our own player, but hey, man, you fake you fake dead, and then you get clocked. <laughs> Karma's got to play a game in that, right? Mm. I mean, it's got to play As a Nick game. knows, I was typing the post about the CPR celebration, about to hit publish on our website, when I look up and he's vomiting on the field with a head injury, so I had to dial it back. because It took the, the fun out of that playing mm. dead there when he's actually hurt, so – Luckily, he's okay, but it was still a pretty funny moment. I'm sorry I'm you. on a little vacay. Hey, Charles. Cats kick ass once again. Going to be a better 2021. <laughs> hey, Charles, go ahead and tell us the truth. Yeah, You're Freddie. really in Ober-Gatlinburg, aren't you? <laughs> You're not in Utah. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Gatlinburg. You're in Ober-Gatlinburg. You can't <laughs> lie to me, man. 
I've been there. I see. I, I'm I going to Hollywood. <laughs> I enjoy the Ripley's Believe It or Not. One time in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's nice of him to pop in and rub in that vacation in our faces. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no kidding. We're over here like, oh, man, it sucks to get back to work after the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> wait you, who got a holiday <laughs> yeah no kidding seriously oh man that is i uh, felt bad for you guys man on saturday i mean you went through that football game and knocked out all that great material and then rolled right into the basketball game i mean you guys had to have been exhausted i watched every freaking snack, second of that thing too man i was into it i'm i'm a dante allen man yeah he can everybody he, but john calipari i learned a lot about basketball saturday night i mean i played basketball you know and i'm I'm not as non-basketball as as people think but i learned a lot about the game saturday night so i think uh, you can learn a lot about watching the women's team too they're pretty damn good (laughs) ron howard love watching them they're really good Man, she had a step back three that was just beautiful. I mean, she she is really, really good at the game of basketball. I don't want to take away from Ryan Howard and Dante Allen because they had huge weekends, but weren't you all a little bummed the football celebration was short lived? I mean, I didn't even get to crack a yeah. beer game and I look up, it's five minutes till basketball tip off, and we have a live vlog to start. It was it was nice. It went three and oh, had a fun weekend, but I I feel like we didn't really get to appreciate the football enough because it was immediately into the Dante Allen story. And yeah, I agree, Drew. And to your point too, Drew, like I mean, we got like 10 minutes into talking about the game and we're already talking about players returning and like there's just a lot happening <laughs> right now. New running back coach we haven't even mentioned. I mean, the, the yeah. bang, 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 bang. Oh man, getting that text at eleven AM on Sunday morning, I was like, Ooh, if this would have been during NFL football, I might have lost my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, God, can we not just stop for a second? And um, you threw that you threw the one person that does our Sunday. <laughs> it isn't he or she working. <laughs> seriously, it's like, oh, they can they can handle it. But uh yeah. I did I did a little research on the Singleton, Jamal Singleton, which the most fascinating part of my research is that he, he's a running back at Air Force. And in his three years there, their worst year, they beat number eight Notre Dame. They had a 10-win season and a 12-win season and finished 10th in his final year. Like, they were freaking good, and he stuck around there for a decade. And is it is it three years of active duty you've got to do after? Uh, you uh, it really depends. Did he, play, did he play professional football? He did not, but he stuck normally around as like a GA th- for a long time. So maybe he normally gets- it's five, but I think since he worked at the academy, that counted towards his military service. So uh, a couple things about the hit that hired that I really like. One is that he's a veteran. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, th- I think that's really cool. I mean, most people won't care about that, but I, I just think that's really, really cool. Uh, two, he's a running back coach, and he's also been a special teams coach, something that, that Kentucky will really need. Uh, in 2021 as where well. I don't know if he's going to be named special teams coordinator. That, that's beyond me, but having that experience will help. Uh, and he's an NFL guy under the Sean McVay system. I think yeah. that was a br- brilliant hire by Mark Stoops and, and Lee and Cohen to get somebody in that knows the system, but has also proven himself at the NFL level on multiple teams that will go miles as far as the development of Chris Rodriguez of Jutan McLean and other running backs that are in, that are going to be in that system. So 
I think it was an excellent hire uh, for Kentucky. I want to add, and I might get mocked for this, Eddie Grant was the running back coach. And let's look at the stars Eddie Grant had during his time as the running back coach. For, yeah. for the, all the complaints about what he did calling plays, absolutely, that man could coach some running backs. And uh, mm -hmm. Singleton has some big shoes to fill. I know Eddie Grant is the most popular man in the fan base after he was let go, but he did a great job. He gave us everything from Benny Snell to Chris Rodriguez and A.J. Rose. And there, there is something too, like – I mean, we all love Vince, but in the heat of the moment, you're you're losing your mind at some of the plays he's calling on Saturday too. Like being an offensive coordinator, it's a terrible job because you're as fun as it is having the sticks. You're never going to do anything. Everybody's a great backseat driver, you know. Like it, we're all better than whatever they think. So like that's a that's a tough gig. Um, and 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 like you said, Drew, it's not going to be easy filling those shoes. But he's got a talented running backs room. Um, he, he's been in the sec before um he, he coached at bielma for a while uh in in like freddie said this is the this is the system he coached in for the last two years so there's not going to be you know some sort of crazy transition uh once he gets here with the offense going to more of an nfl style hopefully uh, we'll see the defense and offensive line getting so many people back many of which we didn't expect at least not this early to make their decisions the big bowl win. I I don't think I can wait till September to, for a Kentucky football game. Like I yeah. want to kick off the season a month from now. How can we set that up? We didn't get to beat Louisville last year. I, oh, I'm no. craving it. Man, I did the today. Too. It's 224 days until kickoff on September 4th, and I will be counting down. That brings up a good point, Drew, uh, about Louisville and the ACC. Again, my views on bowls are different. I mean, I don't think. You know, I'm not a, a, a conference chest thumper for, during bowl season because there's too many outlying factors. But watching the ACC during the regular season and then watching what I saw in the bowl games to include two teams that lost in the playoff, the SEC was bad. I mean, it was not a good good conference. Uh, I, I think North Carolina was really good. Notre Dame was good. Clemson was good. But I don't think any of those teams could have been classified as great. Uh and then there was just a pile of mediocre average at best teams. I mean, you could, you could take the pit logo and put it on the Boston college logo and then put it on the North Carolina state logo. And you wouldn't see a darn difference in any of those teams. So uh, what they go? Oh, and six during both season. Yep. Didn't win a yeah. game. Yeah. I think uh, we all knew the HTC wasn't good, but just seeing it once they had to line up with other yeah. teams, it, we learned and not just to compare it to Louisville, but Kentucky is playing a different sport than some of those teams, especially this year where every game was the SEC. Yeah. 10 SEC games versus 10 ACC games, those are not the same sport. I, you can't right. compare your records and your teams. That was not the same whatsoever. The apples and oranges. Drew. Yeah, apples the physicality and of it, like, yeah, it, it, it really is just on a, a completely different level. And then you just have a few exceptions here and there. Like, I'll give it to Cincinnati. They played a heck of a football game against uh, Georgia, and they were in it because they played that kind of smash mouth style of football. Like you have to play a certain way and then have some explosiveness. And Cincinnati had enough to keep up, and then lost on a. I mean that field goal. That would have been the most impressive kick of the year if not for the kid hitting like a fifty-six yarder against Florida in the fog, like. If take away one of the greatest kicks ever 
and the the guy from Georgia hitting a 54 yarder to win it, just sliding it through the uprights. I mean, whoo, what cojones! Man. Yeah, I, and I think Cincinnati benefited from the opt outs from Georgia. Sure, uh, yeah. you know, with, with the big third down play that that really boosted Cincinnati. That was against a nickel for Georgia that was playing corner when the normal corner that would have been there is first-team All-American, <laughs> you know. Right, uh, right. Some of their run yards, I mean, you know, you'd had the run of the linebackers weren't there. But I take nothing away. I thought Cincinnati had a really good team, really good team. Not a great team, How did- but a good team. But the media loves teams like Cincinnati, Iowa State, the national media folks, you yeah. know. It, and that's why, you know, I'm looking at 2021. And again, this is, I, I think I, I sent y'all a, a post for the website. If Kentucky gets average, let's just throw that term out there, average play at quarterback and wide receiver, mm-hmm. Kentucky is hands down easily, in my opinion, a top 25 team in 2021. Yeah, you don't need uh, – I mean, hell, even if you get like 190 average. passing yards a game. Yeah. Just <laughs> in like, be, you know, be almost a three-to-one interception – to touchdown yeah. ratio like yeah don't need a lot um, no ready they'll be a top 25 team i can't wait for them to get voted 48th in the preseason oh yeah i mean <laughs> I, there's zero zero part of me thinks kentucky will be in the top 25 in preseason due to the fact that the national media is infatuated and have and has love affairs with logos and, and with familiar logos and then they also which is a new trend starting to fall in love with the little guy, okay? The little guy being the non-Power 5 teams, which is good. They, those teams deserve recognition. Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, Liberty, BYU are very, very good teams, but I think at times they're very much overvalued against because they don't play the competition week in and week out than you do in the SEC or you do in the Big Ten or, or now the Big 12. I mean, you know, all these conferences just play that week in and week out. So, I mean, I think you, you're going to throw in a couple non-Power 5 teams and then you're going to get infatuated with a logo. South Carolina most likely would be in the top eight because that's what they, <laughs> they've done for the last 10 years. Tennessee will be ranked. Texas will be ranked. Oh, Texas, new coach. So- They're definitely going to be ranked. Oh, I, I'm sorry I'm raising my voice. The new me's coming out, guys. I'm sorry. I, I love, too, how Tom Herman is somehow years later Still helping Ohio State by getting Sark out of Alabama before the national championship game. Good job, Tom Herman. Still helping out Urban, even though he's not there anymore. Freddie, how did you like? I'm I'm genuinely curious. Could you watch Cincinnati, Georgia, like, and know who was on which team? Because there was a whole lot of black and red on that field. No, no. You know, a lot of people were saying we need to have more of this in college football, the, you know, the, the dark jersey versus dark jersey. Because I, meant, I don't mean to cry you a river, but there are people in this world that are colorblind. They can't differentiate dark colors like myself. So that would have totally screwed me up. And I could have used that as a great excuse for the four interceptions that I would have probably thrown in the uh, Sugar Bowl. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I didn't like it a bit. Turned it on. I thought it was like the old – Madden video game create a team where it's just thrown colors and <laughs> logos together. I didn't even know what two teams were playing when I first turned on the TV. Oh, it was a lot. And I'm no kidding. I'm usually pro the the dark colors, like because I think it's cool when USC and UCLA do it. But they also have like it's like scarlet and powder blue. Like they're nothing alike, you know. So doing all black versus all red, it was 
it was a lot. And then just changing the colors of the helmets, it was a lot. But um, nevertheless, we did have some – Drew, I don't know if you were on A&M at all Sunday in the Orange Bowl, but holy crap, what a cover. It was uh, awesome. I was not, I was not financially invested, but I did watch the game. I, I set that one out. I'm going to brag because that stupid cover made me up $1 on bowl week. So oh. <laughs> made I a whole a, dollar. <laughs> I want a perfect uh, 500 on our uh, free money podcast. It is now the even money podcast because every week we seem to go uh, 500. Oh. I had an all-time cover in the Georgia – I think it was the Georgia-Cincinnati game. Yeah, I covered by half a point on the safety after the uh, 15-yard penalty, after the kickoff was fumbled. Oh, one, man. And then the safety, I had over 44 and a half, and that put it at 45. Oh, so man. The 51-yard <laughs> field goal meant nothing for me. I already had a losing ticket until the five mistakes I needed consecutively to, to get me two points with no time on the clock. Man, it's hmm. crazy how stuff like that. Don't happens. gamble, people. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. <laughs> it makes no sense at all. So, what did y'all um, make of the playoffs? Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson. I love Dabo having to eat some humble pie, just because, like, I love that too. In, in, like, the thing about Trevor Lawrence too, like, he's a great quarterback. There, there's no denying that he's awesome. Well, he's we'll like so good. It's an NFL. Though. It it drives me nuts though, because like when he it was the that, that first playoff game um a few years back that they won and he was running too. I was like, what the hell can't this guy do? He's got the long hair and everything. Like, get him the hell out of here. Uh so I was happy to see them get humbled. And man, you, you could really see how badly they missed their offense coordinator because Freddie, yeah. their script just I mean, you it was beautiful just watching them move up and down the field and once they got away yeah. from that script man their offense stalled they they couldn't get into a shootout with ohio state i don't think trevor lawrence was the best quarterback in the acs to be quite honest with you so i mean we'll see how he does in the nfl he's a very accomplished really good college player played on really good teams uh but again feasted on acc competition but stepped up in the playoffs and bowl games so i mean he he, he accomplished that as well but i think sam howell is, is the real deal at north carolina i think he's better than lawrence i think he's better than fields i think he's better than all of them uh and, and will eventually be that way when he gets to the nfl so um i wasn't surprised with clemson I, there was something about them all year that there was something missing. I didn't know what it was, and Ohio State exploited exploited that. Uh, ran the football straight at them, threw the football. Did it? Did what they wanted to. Uh, and and now, you know, I don't think Ohio State should have been in the playoff, but since they were in the playoff, I thought they were better than Clemson. Alabama. Have you ever seen a team less enthusiastic about winning a semifinal game in your life? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Saban, Saban almost had to fake a smile when he was getting the trophy, and the players were just like, "Hurry up! I'm hungry. Let's <laughs> let's get in the locker room. I mean, let's get home. Oh, I can still man. enjoy my Saturday night. Come on." You you make a very good point, Freddie, because like they show the trophy presentations for all the New Year's Six games, and th- that one like was, I mean, Nick Saban did just look unhappy to be there he's like really we got it. like well, of course we won the game like you're gonna give us a trophy presentation for this stuff yeah uh, the one that i enjoyed the most was i love the orange bowl one because they're just like chewing on oranges in the most like obnoxious and ridiculous manner possible 
and yeah that's, that's a way to celebrate is just like stuffing your faces with oranges like yeah only college football you know yeah it, i agree it, i agree it also was kind of weird that like like katie george was doing the yeah uh, she was doing the post game and like she was great at it i mean happy for her yeah and, i'm very and, happy for her in the um the weird part too, if like you know, you've been on the field for those, Freddie. The echo they have, I guess, yeah. it's hard to talk into a microphone when it echoes like four seconds later into the rest of the stadium. But it really she, is. She's great though, and it's it's just so weird because like I just like I know Katie from running, like she ran around with her crew in high school. She was my wife's roommate in college. Like that's awesome, man. And then, I love like, seeing people from Kentucky succeed, and and happy to see her go on and do that. But and yeah. I'm just like sitting on my couch, like. <laughs> you're doing a good job of sitting on your couch yeah yeah but it's just like wow like keep on <laughs> I, like i got in my car one morning I, I forgot what uh what kind of errand i was doing but i was like man i'm up early on a saturday getting coffee i'm i'm doing something with my life and she it was sunday morning excuse me and she was already like on the radio after i just saw her on tv the night before I'm like what, what are you what, what what is going on um but nick that's a that's how your boys from D-Sales think about you, man. Don't Please yeah, don't, don't say it's short. short. Come on. You're yeah, I'm, I'm not, ASR I'm football not, podcast. I'm not liking <laughs> this this self-deprecating Nick Roush, man. I mean, come on. Which, by the way, the Fighting D-Sales Colts opened their basketball season against E-Town tonight, who's like the number three team in the state. And my buddy's a coach, and he, he's been talking a big game. So if, if I'm just glad they're playing, man. If there's an upset, then I'm I'll be. But yeah, shout out to all the kids who who get to play. Um, yeah. I know Jefferson County hasn't been able to start yet, but uh, just getting to play is fun. Like I know I remember Drew, you got harangued by a certain portion of the Louisville uh, media that was just um, it was weird. I didn't hear them ever talking about their bowl game, um, but they were very quick to make fun of you for saying after the Auburn loss. Was the Auburn loss or Ole Miss? You were like, you know what? It feels good to be mad about Kentucky football. We just played a whole season in the middle of a pandemic. Like, yeah. I think it was it. a Missouri game when I said that. But yeah, that's how it was. Yeah. I, felt good to I, feel thought alive good, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a great point, Drew. I mean, I really did. Uh, Freddie, I try to make all my points great. And if people don't like them, they can eat it because it, it's my <laughs> point, not theirs. If oh, Kentucky had. I'm sorry, well, go ahead. Big bowl winner. As as we went over the bowl games, not to walk us back too far, but we can't do a brief bowl recap without the number one overall winner of everything, Duke's Mayo. Oh man. The, the star of the bowl season is Duke's Mayo. Yes. When has the trophy ever shattered in that many pieces? That's a good question. Isn't that thing supposed to be like crystal or something that, that really uh, or some that it doesn't break. Well, I mean, don't you expect that a trophy is going to be thrown around a little bit that it could possibly break? Well, and like shouldn't he, that be considered? He was just holding on to it too, like yeah, and it well, just dancing, and it just like split in half and shattered. Yeah. And it was it was the same trophy that Kentucky got a year ago, except instead of like the Belk blue outlining, it had the the Duke's Mayo yellow outlining. But for that to happen after they teased us with the mayonnaise jar cooler and all of the internet was like please god let there be mayonnaise in there please dump <laughs> please dump mayonnaise because <laughs> like the cheese it bowl they dump cheese it's 
in the potato bowl. They dumped French fries on the coach. If they would have dumped mayonnaise on Paul Chris, A, there wouldn't have been a more perfect coach for that besides Brett Bielma, who's back at Illinois. <laughs> but B, just mayonnaise? That, oh, my goodness. That would have been just incredible. I think I we also with the with the dropping of that trophy and that game being played. I've said Duke's Mayo out loud in conversations <laughs> or in text, or just the name recognition has been with me more than ever. I've thought more yeah. about Duke's Mayo since that <laughs> locker room celebration. They, than they earned their time. money in that bowl. Maybe Duke's, maybe Duke's Mayo made that trophy like that, so it would break, and we will be saying Duke's Mayo. Oh. How about that? It worked. But there's yeah. nothing else we've not touched on that I think we need to discuss about bowl season uh, is the speed of the Southeastern Conference head coaches. Kirby Smart <laughs> and Jimbo Fisher were running at least a 5-6-40 trying to outrun their players getting to get not, not to get uh, drenched by Gatorade or water. Jimbo was like high-stepping too. Jimbo may may talk faster than he runs. So, I, you know, I, I thought Kirby was a little bit more athletic. Of the two, Kirby Smart is more twitchy than Jimbo Fisher. I was very surprised by Kirby Smart's speed. I mean, I was surprised by Jimbo too, but Kirby showed some agility. He kind of changed direction <laughs> a little more than Jimbo did. I know he played secondary well, at Georgia, but he's added a few pounds and wears khakis and visors now. So, I was yeah. shocked to see it. Well, yeah. and that's the thing, Drew, when you look at him now – like he just looks like generic, like Southern tailgate man. But you forget that, like, oh, he was once like a, an actual SEC football player. I never say that about Doctor Cool, of course, because like, yeah, it's athlete right there, especially when you grow your hair out. But like for Kirby, Kirby has like zero athletic features whatsoever. So I I forget that he was an athlete back in the day. Uh, yeah. We were busy too. typing our stories. Uh, I, I wasn't paying close attention. Did either of you catch the Mark Stoops? Did he get a bath? Did he run? Was there anything there? Yeah, the dance. It was the dance. I know oh the, my dance, God, the dance, but was there any in <laughs> the dance? Well, I'm sure we'll touch on before we're done. But <laughs> any on-field uh, bath? I don't remember one. There was, there uh, was, but it wasn't like I don't think he got completely soaked, kind of deal. And also, Stoops is kind of. I don't understand running away from like the Gatorade bath's awesome, you know. Just take it to the chin. Yeah, you're going to a locker room that just has nothing but more UK shirts to put on. And and like, shirt. Yeah, and it stinks. Everybody else is covered in sweat anyway. Like, but I, I thought you were going to say that uh, between you know Jimbo and Kirby, that surprise athleticism, most athletic person we haven't talked about all day. Not AJ Rose. Not Chris Rodriguez, Max Duffy. Oh, yeah. Was that yeah. the coolest thing that a punter's ever done on a football field? Ever. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I wanted Max to deflate the football in his last time out as a Wildcat. <laughs> and he goes out and shows his moves. He looked like he looked like John Wall on the fast break. I mean, he really did. He gave a little head fake there, then had a little burst. You know, I think – I think uh, – Without hesitation, I can say that Max Duffy showed more twitch than any punter in bowl season and did a great job. The thing I like too, that we Drew, got one more uh, we got one more big Max Duffy moment too in his last game. His, yeah. Like Freddie said, maybe the best a punter's ever done, but he hit that that L one juke and made <laughs> that that man crumble 
I mean, go, he goes from thinking, oh, I'm going to swat the crap out of this punt to I am on all fours looking at the grass, and I don't know what happened. And then the punt's down inside the 20. Well, Matt called the, the score in pregame. He nailed the score. Uh, I had Dante Allen as my MVP. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, didn't, didn't you say something about Max Duffy was going to either fake it or have a run, Drew? I did call it Max Duffy big play. It was not there you go. breaking ankles, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought we'd get one more Max Duffy moment. Yeah. And the thing is, too, is like we've seen punters like throw football. I mean, uh, Pat McAfee, Hecker. Um, hell, Hecker's completed more passes than some backup quarterbacks in the NFL. But to see him put the juke stick on somebody and then do it so casually, too. Like, it was just like – I mean, that was just an absolutely incredible moment from the Aussie. And, and still got the punt off with several arms around him. It's not like it was just the juke. I mean, he still had to punt the ball and then punted it to about the 18-yard line. The um, the other great thing that Duff – actually, this is a Fortner uh, compliment because Mark Stoops, he's he's been getting roasted as of late, and – First, it was his uh, his dancing in the locker room. And then, today after Luke Fortner announced he was coming back, and Darian Kennard said, old man Luke Fortner coming back for one more year to be Fortner's sixth season, Duffy, who's Fortner's roommate, said, the only bigger shock would be if his hair came back too. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then this, this is where it's bad. This is where it's bad, folks. Fortner said, unfortunately, Stoops said he couldn't help me out with that. <laughs> Which is uh, just brutal. You don't need to. But you know, you know what? As a fellow bald guy, we can make fun of other bald guys. So Fortner kind of taking an underhand shot at Stoops. That's okay. Duffy calling out Fortner's hairline, though. What the hell? Come on, Max. That was Breaking news. Though. Oh, breaking hmm. news. Oh, wow. UK signees Jagger Burton wins the Paul Hornig Award. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. The, I think second offensive lineman to ever win it. So uh, a huge honor. And I, I saw some more breaking news, too. Um, did you see that none other than Jalen Waddle is practicing? <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, so crap. Oh, oh, God. They don't need him. <laughs> that's just an embarrassment of riches yeah well, you get what about other breaking Tough. news something's going on with john elway have you seen that they finally fired him john elway? Seen... what about john elway i don't know there's something going on out there i don't i, I can't break the news because I, I can't confirm i love this we're just bad on twitter um, we will no longer be the gym Either way, uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of some things from the Gator Bowl we didn't get to, uh, but it was it was a lot of fun to get that win. And like Freddie, it, fair or not, how you perform in bowl wait, games? Wait, wait, wait! I'm gonna interrupt you. Oh, I'm gonna interrupt you, Nick. Oh, we did forget a big one before we go on. We forgot a big one. Bully, bully McCall, throwing that center around and oh, yeah. uh, making the play. I'm not gonna let you in the podcast until we talk about it. Yeah, that was that was incredible. You, you know, there. I'm I'm watching Stewart. Every coach does this, but but you'll have a teaching tape, 
on how to play the run from a nose tackle. And that will 100% be on the teaching tape for Kentucky because it was perfect. Got, got inside hand placement, extended, bench pressed the center, threw him out of the way, made a tackle. Pitcher perfect technical play by Bully McCall. On the opposite end, fourth and six, ball on the nine-yard line. You're up 13-0. You can pitch a shutout. It's the third quarter. Brad White dials up a twist. And Jordan Wright is right there to make the play. What does he do? The left-handed quarterback he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't keep his shoulder outside of him. He goes for the kill shot. The lefty makes just a little move, keeps rolling out, chucks up a prayer into the end zone that gets caught. I I was about to, I lost my mind, Freddie. I couldn't because <laughs> uh, like here's and maybe this is like you. I obviously didn't play at the level that Jordan Wright's at, but like that was my job. Like I, I was, I was an edge guy and there are some things that I don't know how to do, but like the one rule you have is keep your outside shoulder free. And that twist was just such a perfect call. It was so perfect. It was right there. All he had to do was slow play it. That dude, he was peeing down his leg. He wasn't going to throw it, get a get a ball off without him getting there. And if 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 Wright even slow plays it, Pascal's coming from the backside too to make the play. You had two guys there, and Wright just doesn't. He breaks. Oh my god! Oh 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 man! I could I uh, whew, could not could not take. It. Okay, Nick. You all right? You got a little worked up there. Well, because man, I, I just I wanted to shut out. Like, wouldn't it been great to just like oh. ACC top 25 team it can't yeah. even score can't even score yeah, that, I don't say that so badly um and that was just uh, there's there, there's no way in Hades that's a top 25 team I mean there's no <laughs> way that 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 is one of the top that is one of the best 25 teams in college football I mean there's no way none but anyway it is what it is it's fun to beat them yeah, the, num- it was. the number looked good next to a name on the scoreboard as Kentucky was uh, winning the game. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah. again, I will say this: they would have been better with McNeil and Wilson playing. I mean, it, it could have been a little bit different. So I will give them credit for that. I won't totally side them, slide them for that. But yeah, it was <laughs> that was that was not a ranked team in my opinion, but it was. And Kentucky got a win, which is good. Uh, you know, we talk about program development. I wish that I could have, we could have taken a picture of, of the, uh, the Joe craft football training facility when it was first built compared to now the lobby, as far as the hardware that's now in there. Oh yeah. Guys, I mean, yeah. you got what both, three bowl trophies. You got, I mean, the governor's cup, all kinds of good stuff. Sitting yeah. In there. That's the it, Josh it looks Allen like a different awards. Like yeah. the Whirlpool mm-hmm. trophy. I mean, man. Yeah. Max <laughs> Duffy's Ray guy award. Yeah, there's a ton in there. Um, that's a yeah. good point, Fred. Like, to the point that they used to have seats where, like, you know, lazy media bums like myself could sit down while we were waiting for the folks to come. They're, 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 they're yeah. taking up all our seats, damn it. There's too many trophies. Good. Good. <laughs> good. I hope, I hope, oh, I hope they take away all the seats. Well, and, and – I'm glad. I hope we that, never go back to those seats so we can keep having <laughs> muted Lonnie. <laughs> oh, Lonnie asked. 
Lonnie asked uh, well, during the <laughs> NC State press conference, who am I talking to? <laughs> hey, Freddie, were you on there for that? Oh, man. We, have, we have to mention Lonnie. Freddie, were you on the, the NC State press yeah. conference? Yes. Oh, my. <laughs> I mean, there's 50, 60 people on there. He gets called on, and his question is, what is his name? I don't know who that is. Oh, oh, I love Lonnie Demery so much, and, and I hope he never stops covering Kentucky. I, I, I really, I, I, every time he's on there, man, I belly laugh, and I, and I love Lonnie. I think he is absolutely awesome. Oh, man. <laughs> what a guy! What a guy! Well, Kentucky ended the year on a high note, and there's there's too many reasons to be excited about the 2021 season. Thanks to that big win. You've got players returning, Josh Ali, Justin Rigg, Darian Kennard, Luke Fortner, I'm, I, Devontae Robinson. Like, I, I, there's too many to count. I think we're up to like 10 and we weren't sure. And this is two days afterwards. Heck, Josh Ali announced within like 30 minutes after the game was yeah. over. He's like, I'm ready to run it back. There's new offense coordinator, uh, new offense line coach, new running backs coach, a lot of, reasons to be excited about the future and this game it really closed the book on the 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 first successful run in the mark stoops era and catapults him forward to to really make a not only a seamless transition but an exciting transition to take uh this program to the next level should i be worried that we've not seen a statement or a graphic from chris rodriguez no, no. I, I I think, Freddie, I'm surprised at how quick some of this has come. And, I, hell, I bet Rodriguez has only been home for, you know, I, I, I bet if I'm one of these kids, I don't even want to, like, think about it for at least a day. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not worrying about it yet. Yet. Okay. Just checking. I better not be worried about it because if he – we, we can't have that happen. You got to get Chris Rodriguez back. Also, Yusuf Corker, his name was submitted to the NFL uh, draft advisory board. We've we've yet to see anything from him. You mean Jamin Davis? Those are the big three. And Jay, yeah, we, yeah, we know we're waiting on Jamin. Yeah, but, but Corker and Rodriguez, and then Phil Hoskins could start collecting his retirement from UK if he comes back for another year. Not seeing anything on him yet. Nor Quinn Bohanna. So again, Bohanna is just food for thought. But uh, I mean, you know, I'm not a reporting kind, but like Phil has all but said that he's, you know, he's kind of done. Which hadn't he already accepted invites to some bowl? uh, Yeah, he's going to the Hula Bowl. Yeah, but the Hula Bowl, they're going to have to play that somewhere else because isn't that stadium shut down for structural issues? Yeah, I think you're right about that, Freddie. Like the the old yeah. Aloha Stadium is, um, it's broken. You know, I'm surprised. I'm surprised in 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 a COVID situation that they're going to have the Senior Bowl and other All Star games. But I'm happy for them because it's the last proving ground before the NFL. I know the Pro Bowl is not going to be be a yeah. thing, so it's kind of interesting. I think in the Shrine Bowl's case, Freddie, they're not doing an actual game. They're like having coaches 
I don't know. They're they're doing things aside from that where coaches can run players through individual drills because uh, that's a big oh, part good. of it. Okay. Um, but I think senior bowl, one game, have people quarantined before. Like, hey, yeah, you can make that happen. Um, but it's it's going to take a lot. And, and hopefully, you know, some of these, you know, not everybody's going to be returning for another year. Hopefully those guys get, uh, get a crack at it, get to show off their stuff and uh, go get paid. It's going to be nice getting paid to play football. I guess we get paid to talk football. Should we, should we have to go through like a combine or anything? No, don't, don't encourage that behavior. No. Yeah. We're busy enough as it is. No, yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Freddie and I, our combine is walking upstairs at KS Bar to do the pregame show. That's that's our. Oh combine. lord. <laughs> Drew and I are still sore from that Brian Station game that we had to go to. I'm telling you, I, I really thought I was going to have to get somebody to help me walk up that hill. I mean, we stood in the cold rain for what two hours, Drew, and his back was killing him. My everything was killing me, and we were both looking at each other about every three three minutes, like. Please, please, please. <laughs> we played through it. Oh, yeah, we, we did. We stood there as best as we could. We did. We gave it our best effort. So. Well, we're running light on football. There's going to be plenty of football news throughout the offseason. We'll keep talking it here, of course. Uh, but we do have wildcard weekend. Drew, how confident are you feeling against the Ravens? Actually, guys, why don't you all help me make a decision right now? Okay. I have I've been offered a a a ticket to the game, Titans Ravens. Mm-hmm. But last year I watched every playoff game at KS Bar and we kept winning as underdogs. And then I went to the AFC Championship and lost. So if am I and I went with the Steelers game. Every time I go to a Titans game, they seem to lose. So should I mm-hmm. take one for the team and not go to a home playoff game, or should I just see see what happens? I think. Oh, I should add, in 2008, they hosted the Ravens, and I was there, and they lost on a field goal as time expired, and uh, Ravens fans were th- kind of giving me a hard time. So that memory is still up here. So you just need to watch it from KS Bar, Drew. Yeah, yeah. I think – because you also went to a game earlier this year, correct? A and, loss, yes. Yeah, so I'm thinking that in addition to all of the, the stated matters too – a home playoff game isn't really a home playoff game if it's not packed to the gills, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, your picture's already going to be there. You're in there in heart. So much so that even, like, Josh Allen was like, Drew, did I see you at a game? <laughs> this year? Yeah. Which, well, with Lamar coming to town, I'm hoping they'll Photoshop this on me for the game so he gets to look at me uh, uh, in the back of the end zone. But uh, it might be a little late to get that updated. Yeah. I would, I, would, I would think it'd be – you've got to take one for the team because like that's just, you're just doing your part to all make right. sure they, they get the win party at KS bar. Then you all just decided it. Bada boom. Wait, what is that? The, what, what time is that game? Sunday first game. Oh, Sunday game. Okay. Yeah. I felt the, the basketball game is during the West coast game. Oh. But it might be the basket. I was so worried. They'd put it head to head with, with the UK basketball. Yeah, that's happened awesome. in many years in the past. Anyway, tighten up. Yeah, Steelers got the Browns. That's they should take care of business. I mean, come on, Browns are kind of limping into the playoffs. Yeah, you got. I don't it. like their chances, Nick. Eh, it's just one game, though, Freddie. I don't. I don't like it. I think the Browns will beat 
my Steelers, and then uh, I will be able to put full full attention to my new favorite team, the Buffalo Bills. Are they? Um, can they? They can beat the Chiefs, can't they? I mean, they just almost scored so sixty the, points. The Bills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're gonna beat the Chiefs. So. Oh. Oh, and you're already in We Talk? Man, I love it. Yeah, this, yeah. this is this new Freddie isn't holding anything back. Hey, you know that's odd because I try my very best not to say we when I talk about UK, and I just said we with the Buffalo Bills. That is absolutely <laughs> – I mean, what, I don't know what got into me. Um, so excited you are to be part of the team. Bills Mafia, it, get the tables it, out. Yeah. <laughs> Put it, the ketchup and mustard all over That's what we can do at KS Bar when the pandemic ends and I get in a little bit better shape, I'll let – I'll let y'all throw me through a table there at KS Bar. Curry and mustard. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this has been a fun KSR football podcast. Yeah, talking about Kentucky's win in the Tyxler Gator Bowl. Three bowl victories in a row for Mark Stoops' program. An extraordinary achievement during incredibly difficult circumstances this season. Uh, but it's going to put a bow on it for right now. We'll be back before you know it. Until then. I'm Dale Saltwater. He's Drew Franklin and Freddie Maggard. So long from the KSR Football Podcast. And peep the technique. But we'll sweat the technique.